Father, unless your breath is upon your word to penetrate the hearts of your people, God, they'll just fall straight to the ground. But I'm asking you, Father, that your breath would be upon your word. As we open up our hearts, Lord God, and allow your word to penetrate into our hearts and change us and mold us into what's pleasing to you, God. Holy Spirit, you just have your way. You have your way. And I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to my Jesus. You know, that's what our lives are supposed to be. Is they're supposed to be glory unto God. <laughs> and that glory is going to be wrapped up at His coming. Because he's coming back for a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. So, our, the rapture, our destiny, and our destination will all be wrapped up in one event. In one event, those things are going to take place. You see, our, our destiny is not heaven. Heaven is our destination. That's our destination. It's not our destiny. But our destiny is to be conformed into the image of Christ. And when that takes place at the end of that time, when the church is conformed into the image of Christ, it's going to be glorious without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, and the rapture is going to take place. I just, I really sense that God really has been drawing us and drawing us and drawing us to start moving toward that. And it takes a yielded heart. We have to yield our heart and say, God, not my will, your will. So you see, it is our destiny. In Romans 8.29, the word says, For whom... He foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, that He, meaning Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, Jesus was the first natural born man of a woman to walk on this earth sin free. But that's why he's telling us he was the firstborn among many brethren because we're supposed to follow in his steps. 
And that's the reason that he endured the cross. In Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 1 through 3, the word says, Since, therefore, since, we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, also, let us also lay aside every incumbent and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And that's the race. The race is to be conformed into the image of His Son. That's the only race we're running. We're not competing against each other. It's not about what you do or what you do or what I do. But it's what He wants to do in us. Let me continue. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him. He saw it. He saw it. He saw the body of Christ being conformed into his image. That's why it says that he enjoyed, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. He did it. He saw it. He's seen it. He's seen it. He endured it for you and I. Let's not grow weary in doing good. Let's not grow weary in pursuing. Why? How do we know these things? How do you know that that is your destiny? How do you know that? I'm telling you how you're going to know it. It's because God's going to reveal it to you. God's going to reveal it to you little bit by little bit. Little bit by little bit. He's going to reveal it to you. Because He wants you to know the things that He has given to you. He wants to know, you to know what's available to you and for you. He wants you to know that you have the ability, you have the power to possess all that He has for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, This passage, I think people cut it short 
and stop and, and misunderstand what he's saying. Because he says, The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the devil had no knowledge of what he was doing. He thought he was just torturing Christ. He didn't know. Because if he knew the plan of God, how through the cross, God was going to redeem his people, give them the ability to be conformed into his image, that the last thing the devil wants is a bunch of Christ running around. He would have never done it. So he didn't understand. He didn't understand what he was doing. Let me continue. But just as it is written, things which eyes have not seen or ear has not heard and which not have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. I think that a lot of people misunderstand that. You know? Because we take that and we think, oh, well, we don't know what God has for us. We don't know who knows what the mind of the Lord is. And we think that we don't know. But I'm telling you, you do know. You do know the plans that God has for you. But the thing about it is, is they're hidden. Because if they weren't hidden, then the devil sure could see on them. And then he would have stopped what God was trying to do. But if they're hidden, they're hidden to those maybe who don't love God and say that they do. Because God, it says God, it, for those who love Him, prepared for those who love Him. Let me continue and I'll, it, hopefully we can get it here. For to us, here's the very next verse, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So, so then we misunderstand this next part. For who among man knows the thought of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. How many times have you been told that? 
over and over and over you've been told that. But it doesn't stop there. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things freely given to us by God. You have the Spirit of God within you to know what God has prepared for you. But it, it doesn't just fall in your lap. Does not the Word say that, that all the secrets are hidden in Christ Jesus? Or all the treasures? All the treasures of God are hidden in Christ Jesus? Where is he? Where is he? He's right in here. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh, and we beheld the glory. So I would do the word no injustice if I read it to you this way. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And then in verse 14, and Jesus became flesh. The word of God is God. And as we consume the Word of God and begin to consume the Word of God and begin to consume the Word of God, where the Holy Spirit is, who gave life to the Word of God, and He brought Him into existence when He brought the Word from God to Mary and said, I... He's going to overshadow you. And for that reason, the Word, Jesus, is going to be birthed in you. So Mary got the Word, and she said, Be it unto me according to thy Word. So, so what's happening? The... We as a church are being molded and shaped into the image of Christ. As we consume the Word of God, the Spirit of God is doing the exact same thing that He did with Mary. He birthed Christ within her. He's bringing to life the Word of God within you. And that's what's happening. Now, I'm not talking about him physically, but all his characteristics, all his mannerisms, all who, who he is. That's who he's birthing in you. So he does it through the Spirit of God and he reveals the Word of God he reveals His plans through the Spirit 
to you because He's given us that. But He also gave us gifts. In Ephesians, beginning at, I mean, at chapter 4, beginning at verse 8, it says, Therefore it says, When He ascended on high, He led captive a host of captives, and He gave gifts unto men. Now this expression, He ascended, what does it mean? Except that He who descended into the lower parts of the earth, He who descended is Himself also who ascended far above the heavens. I'm right here. Let me begin again. That's Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. Therefore it says, When He ascended on high, He led captive a host of captives, and He gave gifts unto men. Now this expression, He ascended, what does it mean? except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And then it goes back to the gifts. And he gave some, these are the gifts that he gave unto men, Now these aren't gifts of the Spirit for each individual. These are gifts that He gave to man for the perfecting of the church. And it says, And He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For what reason? It says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to building up the body of Christ. But he doesn't stop there. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. See, but I I believe it goes beyond just having faith in the Son of God and knowing God, but I believe it's possessing the faith of the Son of God and also possessing the knowledge of the Son of God. Not of Him, but the knowledge that He has. That's that's what He wants for us. He wants us to possess everything He knows so that we can live a victorious life right here on this earth and whip that devil and make him tuck his tail and run. That's what God desires. That's why He wants us to know all these things. That's why He gave us His Spirit. But we have to seek it out. It's not just going to fall on your head like rain. But he still doesn't stop there. He says, two. So he wants you to know these things 
So you can come to a place that says to a mature man. So he wants you to be a mature person in him. But you know what? He doesn't even stop there. He continues. It says, To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So what did we start out with? Romans 8.29 For those for whom He foreknew, He also predestined for them to be conformed into the image of His Son, that He, meaning Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. That is what is in you. You have the ability, the capability to be transformed. You have the ability to think like Christ walk like Christ, act like Christ, live like Christ. You know, the Word of God tells me, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. It doesn't say when you sin. It says if you sin. God has given us His Spirit. And whenever we come to that crossroad, we have that check in our spirit. And he says, don't do that. And we have the ability to say, okay, God, not my will, your will. And at that very instant, he empowers you to overcome that temptation. But you can choose to give in. And go your own way. But He has given you the Spirit of God within you to carry you to come up higher and to be like Him. Which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body is being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each each individual part. That's all of us. By us coming to that place and growing in God, we tend to support the body of Christ and keep it growing. We all have our part. All of us, all our destiny is to be formed into the image of Christ. And as we do that, 
then we begin to support and strengthen the whole body where the whole body begins to become glorious and transformed into His image. And then the rapture will take place. Well, I, I don't want to go yet. I got I to gotta see my grandbabies grow up, you know. There's always something. Have we put something ahead of God? Do we desire to see something in our lives more than we desire to see Christ? Each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we need to have the same attitude that Paul had. In Philippians 3, in verse 12, beginning at verse 12 through 14, he says, Not that I have already obtained it, or have become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So how are we going to obtain our destiny. How are we going to obtain it? He tells us right here. He said that I may lay hold of that. What is that? That's our destiny. So what did he say? He said that I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus so that I could lay hold of what he has for me. That's what he's saying. Let me read that again. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not... Regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind. And reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the mark. Toward the goal. For the upward. For the prize. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's an upward call. It's a prize. Being conformed into His image. That's our destiny. Man, what a prize. Man, what a prize to, to possess. So as we do that, then we also begin to see what He said in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered Himself up for me. The King James reads this way, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So what is he saying? We have to remember his former life and how he used to live life and how he persecuted the church. But now he's saying, no, 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 no. He said, you see the way that I'm living now? He said, that's not me. That's Christ in me. He's trying to explain to him, that's not me anymore. That's Christ living in me. That's what he's saying. So that transformation from what we were to who who we are to become, there's a transformation that should be taking place in our lives. And it should be evident to others that, wait a minute, there's something different about you now. You don't talk the way you used to. You don't act the way you used to. Why? Because we're allowing Christ to be formed within us. And we're becoming that glorious church. Because just remember, we're looking forward to the rapture that's going to take place. And we have to become that glorious church. And the only way we become that is to be conformed into His image. That's it. That's it. Amen. Finally, in Philippians 1 and 6, The word says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. The Amplified reads this way, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of His return, developing that good work and perfecting it and bringing it to full completion in you. And then, boom, the rapture's going to take place. We're going to lay hold of our destiny We're going to arrive at our destination. Amen. 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 It's God doing the work in you.
It's God doing the work in you. It's God doing the work in you. All we have to do is be submissive when, when He's drawing you, when He's telling you something. It just starts right there. You can't get there from here. You've got to start where you're at. But your destiny, you will get there. But we have to start right here. Right here, right where we're at. At every little tug, when he tries to keep your mouth closed and lay hold of your tongue, and you'd submit, and it gets easier and easier. You, been, you begin to recognize that voice. You begin to recognize that yielding. And before you know it, it will be evident to others that you're changing, that God is changing you. You see, I know. I'm not the man I was when God began to draw me. Totally, totally different. When I began to tell people of what kind of life I used to live, they don't believe it. When I tell them that I was way out there in left field, and I was covered in sin, and I was filthy, and I was dirty, and I was in the pit, and He was still drawing me. And He kept on, and He kept on, and He kept on. Even when I told Him I didn't want Him, He just kept on. And when people see me now, no, no. It's because what God can do when you yield your heart to God. And that's all it takes. God, not my will, your will. God, not my will, your will. God, I give you my heart. Here I am, God, I'm yours. My life belongs to you. You know, that's what the Word says. If you talk about the apostles, it says the bond servants of Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means? That means someone who has laid down their will and taken up the will of the one whom they serve. So if we say that we serve God and we live for God, then that's the kind of heart that we need to have. is a heart that has laid down our desires and picked up God's and said, Okay, God, here I am. I'm yours. And He'll keep you. 
He'll keep you. You know, it's... Sometimes it's, it's not easy. I mean, we go through life. And, and the world, you know, it just... It just keeps going and it tries to pull you in. But I'm telling you, God is able. God is able to keep you. God is able to keep you on that straight and narrow path. God is able to finish what He has started in you. Not only is He able, He's willing. He is willing. He is willing. Father, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your word. I I thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you, Father, for touching hearts, changing lives, for your glory, God. For your glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.